And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Fighting Fit Show. We are currently deep in our series of your food journey to freedom. So, you know, we're kind of covering all things disordered eating, eating disorders, you know, just honoring your hunger, understanding hunger, understanding relationship with food, that kind of thing. And um, we're currently you know what, this is our fourth episode maybe we're doing, doing this series. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. I hope people are learning a little bit and at least just beginning to understand what the current diet slash gym slash, you know, world of food and, you know, where the people are in terms of, you know, their general eating habits are. And I hope that this is helpful in some way because, again, like it's just nice to kind of be a fly on the wall listening to two coaches, I would hope talking about it because i'm certainly enjoying it and finding it engaging and interesting last week we just kind of left off with honoring your hunger i think i think that was kind of where we wrapped things up if this week where do you want to pick things up from chris um making peace with food so before we go into the next one let's just like quickly go over uh, honor your hunger so the three points that we mentioned in that one where recognize your physical hunger cues, practice mindful uh, eating and tune into your body signals, and then develop strategies for nourishing yourself when you are hungry. Okay. And so obviously the big action step there for honoring your hunger, one or two action steps, what are they? Um, Actually eat when you're hungry and stop when you are full. So like actually trying to eat when you're not distracted. So eat and eat when you're eating rather than um, being on your phone or you know um, watching TV or something like that. So eat, enjoy your food, and notice like when, like how full you are as you eat. And there is a little bit of a lag in time. It takes you roughly about 15 minutes to recognize that you're actually uh, full. So if you gorge and you eat real fast, which is a lot easier to do when you're distracted, um, uh, you can miss these hunger or these satiety signals and end up stuffed and overfed interesting and another thing i would say you know that could probably go <laughs> you know very universal across this and it might seem very stupid um, or maybe not stupid but might might seem very like on yeah, but... the nose but is, is it like a, a food journal you know it's like mm-hmm. for not only a food tracker but obviously and importantly a food tracker like especially if you're looking to lose weight you know it's like what are you eating if you're trying to gain weight it's like you know what actually are you eating you know but if you're kind of just kind of going for maybe you don't have weight to lose, maybe you don't have weight to gain. You know, but again, maybe you're training for performance. It's always kind of something that food is fueling because we always have a goal and food's kind of always relevant to the goal. Not that it's always the be all or end all, but it's always playing some kind of role. And so it's important that, you know, you're orientating your overall food. Like maybe you should be eating, you know, quote unquote maintenance. Maybe you should be eating more than you think. Maybe you should be eating less than you're used to, whatever it is. And so keeping a track of that's super important, but also, you know, how did you feel about that? And so we kind of start bringing in the mindfulness practice. Like, are you even mindful about how you're feeling when you're eating? So it's like, 
oh, I felt absolutely starving. I had to eat something. It's like, so you felt like you had to eat and it was urgent. You know, it's like, and then maybe we address that and then maybe after you can kind of analyze it a little bit. It was like, was it as urgent as you thought it was? No, jeez, it was just a craving. You know, I just had a crazy craving. It's like, or it's like, or maybe just maybe you know you're really really busy and you didn't realize how hungry you are. You haven't hadn't eaten in nine hours. It's like, and so again, it's like you know, it's just important to kind of check in with yourself. It's like, oh, I had a fight with my mom, and the next thing I knew, I was halfway through the bag of Doritos. It's like, so you know, maybe you're an emotional eater. So maybe it's important to kind of tune into these. Um, just since you're on about uh, journaling, I think there's a couple of key points. If you want to make your own journal. You just grab like a book and a pen and then so you write down breakfast, then you write down lunch, you write down dinner, and then you write down snacks. And then you go for breakfast, you write down what did you eat, why you ate it, and how you felt when you did it. And these can be like two set like two words or even like one sentence uh, when you're uh, writing this out. But what it will do is it will make it clear and then it will give you a record to look back on because so you um the brain is very, very good at forgetting things. It's really, really good at forgetting things. It's really good. It's good at remembering stuff too, but it's better at forgetting things. You take in so much information on a daily basis, especially in today's day and age. Um, people are very, very easy. Um, or their meals are, and how they felt when they're eating their meals and why they were eating their meals is very easily forgotten. And when you have a journal, you can look back at it and then you can start to recognize patterns. So you can be like Monday, Joe, I, at my lunch, I felt anxious. Blah, 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 and I overate because I left it too long for thing no or too long from breakfast. Then when you check it again on Tuesday and when you check it again on Wednesday, you notice that oh just that happened three days in a row. I didn't know I was anxious when I was eating. I didn't know I was leaving myself um too hungry coming up to that meal. So I ended up gorging and leaving myself stuffed and um feeling like lethargic after it. And if you have a food journal that can make you recognize these patterns. And then you can make a change because awareness is like the first step to solving these issues. And a food journal is the best tool, I think, for increasing your awareness when it comes to your own, let's say, eating habits or um, impulses. Agreed. Okay, so um, yeah, making peace or uh, honoring your hunger. When you're hungry, you should probably eat. Uh, and when uh, you're full, you should probably stop eating. And you need to understand that those signals tell you how to eat the right amounts. Um, then principles for or principle three um make peace with food so there's three points with this one a uh, challenging food rules and restrictions embrace all foods without guilt or judgment and experiment with permission-based eating so um first off uh, why would you want to make peace with food because what's the opposite of peace uh, anxiety and stress and uh yeah anxiety and stress yeah, make make peace because that the alternative is not somewhere that you want to be. You know, it's like you you want to be you want you want, you want most things in your day where possible to be a peaceful experience, but especially when something is going to show up as consistently as food, you don't need a constant stress. Stress. Yeah, it's, it's like oh, breakfast is going to be a stress. Lunch is going to be a stress. Every snack that I have is going to be a stress. My dinner, oh, don't even start me on the biggest meal of the fucking day. You know, and so it's like, if that's how you feel about food, it's like, it's going to be, we talked, kind of talked about this a little bit, you know, kind of something similar when we talked about the ladies who were on too low calories and couldn't lose weight because they could, it was just so stressful that they really couldn't even take it on and manage it properly. And when you started giving them more food and a reasonable amount of calories, they kind of started saying, oh, well, actually, you know what? 
I'm actually losing weight now because it's the first time I've been able to deal with food, but it wasn't stressful. And so again, that's what's really important. It's, it's really, really but important. Just, that... just to inject there as well, and then overeating after. Like, oh yeah, of course, of course, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, because that's what leads. It's like yeah, you can't just being stressed about your food doesn't necessarily make you yeah, game you're, yeah. But you're being stressed game. about your food, so you end up eat, overeating exactly. You're like, oh, let's fuck that plan. Like, I can't even the thoughts of that plan make me stressed. I'm not even going to try and implement it. And so. Yeah, it's like if, if you're if, if every meal is a stressor, well then it's gonna be very, very hard to kind of get any kind of consistency with it or any kind of you know passion for it. It's like we want it to be easy, we want it to be enjoyable, and we also want it to be the right amount of challenging. It's like it should be engaging enough that it makes you kinda of have to switch on a little bit, that it's it's novel, you know, it's like there's areas for growth. But we also don't want it to be something that breaks us every single day. And again, what happens when something's overwhelming? It's like you just need to step away. Okay. And the last thing you want to need is to step away from something that's supposed to be nourishing. Yeah. And uh, so so how how do you think uh, you could challenge? Why do you think challenging food rules and restrictions would help to help you make peace with food? What do you mean by food rules? Um, so like I'm only allowed to eat before six o'clock. Uh, I'm not allowed carbohydrates at my breakfast. Um, I have to make sure that I don't have any takeaways for the rest of, for the rest of the month. Uh, I'm not allowed to, um, have sugary drinks. I'm not allowed ice cream. So all, all these different rules and restrictions that basically make you, let's say compulsive, not compulsive, like what's the word? Like, um, restrictive and Joe just said, rigid. Like, rigid that's the that's the word yeah so like um a lot of people don't like do you ever hear oh i couldn't have that i'm not allowed that oh are you allowed this on the diet are you like so silly silly questions like that well i wouldn't say silly but yeah um, so the reason why i would say uh, you should be challenging those uh rules and restrictions is to show that like nothing really bad happens when you do it and that nutrition isn't this thing that it has to be perfect at all you know like at the end of the day it all comes out essentially the same way um it's just they have different effects um but again actually well you're kind of opening up another thing not really in the sense it's like you know the quality of your stool really matters as well like you know it's like what comes out is a is a, is a good indication of whether or not things are you know what going well or not yeah too. But, well what, what i understand what i mean but yeah well, but I mean, another, uh, you know yeah no you're right you're you're not right with that but uh, all i mean is that if you're like if your nutrition is 80% good, like you have 20% for a margin of error, which is like loads. So you can, you can lose weight and you can have ice cream. You, you know, like, did you ever hear all the Instagram marketing and all that sort of stuff? Here's how you lose weight and get to enjoy the foods that you want too. Like yeah. every single one of those people who say that, all they say is like, cut your calories back to a way that you're going to lose weight. Here, here, here the place you're going to No, I know. Weight. Okay. And then all they say is like, okay, now these ones here, these foods that you absolutely love, they must be in that plan somewhere so that you don't feel like pulling your hair out and that you can never have the have yeah. them again. So you don't break your diet. So that way they're in your diet and you can keep your diet going and still enjoy your foods. But it still fits within, let's say, your macros and your calories. Or um, or we're gonna introduce a version of that food that's lower in calories and probably higher in protein too. Well instead, yeah, yes, you could, but also I think um I think I don't like doing that. I don't like. Oh, I agree. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen I remember. To me. I tried. To Did you make the Greek yogurt and flour pizza? 
No. Then don't talk to me. And that's I'm not. I don't mean I'm really like slagging. Did you ever make yeah. one of fucking one of Zach Chug's uh, like chip and spicy mints yeah. meals? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man, no, I'm I saying, like I'm there sorry. is versions out there that are like I mean it's like don't sacrifice. Like I listen, I'm all for like listen, fuck protein pancakes in place of regular pancakes. Like they're like they're a very poor substitute, but you Actually, know best with bad lot. On that point, here on we go. Point, you love protein pancakes. pancakes. Just on, on that point. All right, you can make protein pancakes or you can just have regular pancakes that are really, really nice and don't taste all proteiny and just have them with a protein shake and you're good. You get yeah, the protein. Like, lots of stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, uh, with you. I'm with you. Um, but the point anyway that I was making was that there's these things called like fiber one bars, okay? Fiber one bars. And I'm pretty glad I introduced you to them. No, I had them, I had them but before that. Uh, mixing them in with some Greek yogurt is actually unbelievable. But I got them as like a wee snack um to have instead of having like chocolate or something in the house but they're like so small like they're just undersized so that you're not satisfied with it so you need another one and then have just like the right amount of crunch uh with the chocolate in them so they just make you want that extra bite every single time for me anyway so uh, i find that like swapping it instead of going to the fiber one bar um as a substitute for something that only half hits the spot just get what you want and just make sure it fits in your calories you know if you want to ice cream if you want a snickers if you want a bloody mars bar dairy milk whatever it is just have it and incorporate that in your calories because what i ended up doing was eating five of the five one bars just one after the other um, and it's about 500 calories or i could have had a big dairy milk and been like happy days john i still wanted something after it which is the the most annoying part about it i don't know fiber five to be fair fiber go bar doesn't me like, like, I mean, let's like say, like, I might have two, like, 180 calories or whatever that was. Like, that's that's good quality cake. Like, that's literally 90 calories of cake. They basically just made a cake and cut it up into 90 calorie sections. Unreal. Yeah. Well, kind it, of doesn't it, say, it kind of does hit the spot for me. I think it's really nice. But as I said, it's like, yeah. What, what are you seeking? Are you seeking fullness or flavor? Because it does on the flavor end to me. Yeah, a bit of both. That's what, ideally a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so um, yeah, so challenges the food rules and restrictions. Um, simple stuff like Joe, while you're if you're on your diet, like go out and have your drinks with your friends, have your things, and understand that like there will be let's say negative consequences to it, where you will be slowed down from your progress, but you also got to enjoy your night out. And you know, like there's no end date. There is no end date for you to lose the weight or for you to get healthier and like that. There's you have your whole life. You know, like you can't really fail at this. You can just keep trying and trying and trying and trying until you get it right. And if you're going out drinking every single night uh, or going out for drinks and eating and meals and all that sort of stuff, like three, four times a week, um, well, then we need to sort of figure out a different strategy for that. But don't feel um, guilty. Like one of the things that happens a lot of the time, especially with our lady clients, is they will get anxious about an upcoming event because you don't know how that they will like still keep on track with their, with their food. And the advice that we usually give them or that I usually give them is either, all right, we can go put a plan to make sure that you, know, you stay within your calories and you stay within your targets while you're out. Don't understand how many calories is in a drink, how, uh, what food to eat, and um, what to ask for, what to say no to, and all that sort of stuff. Or you could just go, it's fine. I'm going to go out and enjoy myself. And then I will hit the ground running the next day. It's fine. But but depending, depending on how frequent it happens, like in some cases, like, listen, you just can't go. Can't, you can't like maybe you can't go out every every week with with your ability to stick to the diet plan as is and you know like i said like your time frame like you you let's say let's say they do have a time frame like let's say 
you know, it's their 50th birthday in six months. And they're really, 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 like, it means the world to them that they'd be, you know, back to the dress size they're wearing the 30th. Like, it really means that they're crying their eyes out about it, like, you know, three, four months ago. You know, they've got good momentum under their belt. And they've managed to get semi-consistent with the nutrition plan during the week. You know, it is, again, that, that meal plan that's just right for their calories, this, that, the other. But they also have a very active social life. And they have been plateauing for the last four months or month, let's say, four weeks, because there's been something on every single week. And they like to have a little drink drink on the weekend. It's like, like, like again, so they're, they're heading out with the gals for Wednesday brunch. And they're going out with their, I don't know, brother and sister on the weekend. It's like, you know, maybe you can't. America, Australia or yeah, something. Yeah, like maybe you, can, maybe you can't have it each way. You know, it's like maybe the, you'll have to drop the drop the brunch to once every three weeks. You know, it's like, or something. So, it's like, so or again, maybe you'll have to go and make the absolute smartest decision in the world. Or, you know, you're going to have to cut back on the meal plan that you already kind of feel like you're, you know, you're, you're low on the count anyway. It's like, it's just like, Sometimes you really are in, in a little bit of a tight spot, and it's like you know. Sometimes the social life might have to take the hit. It's like, or maybe you might have to sacrifice your goal because it's just not manageable right now. Well, so I think um, we, I think that's like a little bit of a side thing for this because this is I like you're right in your point. If someone has a deadline and they have to make a goal by a certain time, and that's when restrictions start to get a little bit more intense and so anxiety starts to rise. But this is for someone who's trying to learn how to eat intuitively. Does that mm. make sense? Like this is, and that's the, the main goal is like we're trying to learn intuitive eating and how to, you know, eat based on how we feel and all this sort of stuff, and like challenging the food rules. Um, I don't know about you, but I ha- I'm like a one of these people who, Joe, I need to learn the hard way. Um, I need to do like you could tell me, Joe, don't do that. That's not going to work. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I still have to try anyway and find out for myself. Even though you might, you'd have full you know, video evidence of ever not working. Oh yeah, yeah, I have to walk the line. Yeah, exactly. And challenging food rules basically allows you to do that. So it's like, oh, look, by the way, if you go out and you eat um, like shit and you go drink or whatever it is, it's going to have a massive impact on your results on Monday. Um, so do you like you can either chat like challenge it and go, all right, prove me wrong. Go out, get pissed, get your uh, takeaway or whatever it is and then win Monday. And you're like, oh, shit. And you can learn the lesson the hard way. Um, but doing that consciously and being aware of the the repercussions and that lesson and that emotional weight of weighing in on Monday where, you know, it's not a good one because of what happened then. Well, then, Joe, you, you might be like, oh, crap, I don't want to do that again. Um, yeah. So then the next time you go do it, you're like, oh, how do I measure it? Or how do I make it a little bit better this time? Well, it's like instead of drinking bloody seven or eight pints, Joe, have a wee gin and cinnamon tonic or have a few of them. And then make sure you're, you're proteined up before you go out. And then when you do have your meal or whatever it is, pick like the steak or pick something that's so protein heavy. And then get your carbs and vegetables like um, steamed or baked or boiled. Yeah, again, yeah, you're 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 basically just talking about good habits, essentially. Exactly. Like, yeah, so with, yeah, you want to you want to you want to move away from the person who's just an absolute carbaholic and doesn't do any kind of protein, or you know, it's like somebody who doesn't eat any vegetables or fruit. It's like to somebody who's just kind of starting to introduce them. It's like so, we're just kind of. Listen, we're just trying to, you know, grow closer in the right direction. It doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. And you don't have to make huge sacrifices either to feel like you're making progress towards your health and fitness. But there are some things like weight loss that is like it's a it's a numbers game at the end of the day. And, you know, depending on like as you said, it's like, listen, if you've got 
you've got six months, you know, it's like to lose five pounds. It's like, listen, you've got a pretty large window for error there. You know, it's like you can have lots of nights out and we can do this and we can kind of do this. And it's like, you know, it's not that big of a deal that you want to have a wee night out. And as long as for the vast majority of the time, you know, you're doing well. It's like, let's say you're on a six week challenge. You know, it's probably not the smartest idea. And again, they're like, we can kind of talk about six week challenges and how they kind of reinforce all this other stuff. But again, it's, it depends on who's doing it. It's good for like a, like a challenge. You know, it's like, again, especially if you are somebody who has kind of the base covered anyway, but for somebody who's maybe struggling to do that, it's like it could just create like a very, Anxious you know, very pre- precious, pressured environment. It's going to increase anxiety and all this kind of stuff um, mm. and possibly lead to a relapse. But the big thing is, yeah, in general, it's like, listen, what are the lifelong decisions that you're going to make look like? You know, it's like if you really want to, like, let's say for, for talk's sake, let's say you're at the result. Let's say you got the result. How do we maintain it in a healthy and positive way? That's kind of what what we're looking at long term. And also, hopefully, you know, it's like if you do, you know, end contrast, it's like that's realistically what's going to be the, the constant habits that reinforce the thing. Like for talk's sake, it's like, right, do you have protein at every meal? You know, do you work out four times a week? Do you try and apply progressive overload to all your workouts? You know, do you go for a walk most days? And it's like, if you do all these things, are you guaranteed to get a result? It's like, no, because there's, you know, specific things there. But it's like, but is that the widest base of the pyramid? It's like, yeah, that's the foundation. And yes, all the specifics matter on top of that. Of course, you know, given your, you know, chosen result. That makes sense. Yeah, no, context is very important when it comes to, to your nutrition. It really does like context. But, but without can... that base, it all falls apart. Exactly exactly now um so challenging food rules and restrictions another point on that that i think we should uh, be talking about like the, all the different rules that people have you know don't eat past six o'clock you know if that's a rule a hard set rule that you have that like you have to follow otherwise everyone's going to fall apart you know eat five minutes after six and see that nothing bad happens or you know have a snack in the in the evening and understand that like the reason why you're doing the not eating after six is because it's a conscious decision that you have to do not something or it's a conscious decision that you want to do and it's a way that you want to eat and not something that you have to do or that you should be doing. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, yeah. Do you under, like, yeah, the cool thing is like, are you following the rule just because it's a rule or are you following the rule because you understand why and are making that informed decision? Exactly. And I can say it's no carbs, so have some carb, have some carbs like guilt-free. So it's not a big deal. It's fine. Or so if you're doing keto, um, so it's okay to have a meal that's not keto every once in a while and so the whole world isn't going to fall apart because it, without challenging the rules um you can basically become like do, do you ever hear the story of the horse who is like tied to or a baby elephant sorry who's tied to the post and he's walking around the circle and he can't pull the post out but when he's an adult he still has the thing he's still got a post but you could just rip it out if you wanted but because he's been conditioned his whole life to basically walk around the circle he just stays and he doesn't challenge it at all so challenging it helps you break free from all these different things and realizing that, um, Joe, you can have uh, your cake and eat it too sometimes. But, um, but and so so a big a big kind of thing on that is like you know, do you, like like learn learn the material like the other side as well. It's like you know, do a bit of research. It's like if if there's any rules, well, like what's a part part of the challenge? It's like look at both sides of the argument, you know. So if like let's say let's say you're a keto, you're a keto head, and it's like look up the pros of carbohydrates you know if you're if you're a carbohydrate head it's like look up the benefits of keto you know it's like and so again just kind of starting to understand that it's like an awful lot of these things meet in the middle which is good it's like you want to find the balance of both 
it's really yeah it's really important to understand that both sides have pros and both both sides have cons and yeah. if you think if you're all in one camp well then you're basically an ideologue and uh, you don't really think for yourself you just have a set you have a certain set of rules of thinking and you can't really think for yourself uh, so that's really um it's really important to, to expand your knowledge base and understand let's say what the opposing or what the value the opposition is giving you so if you are keto head or if you're carnivore you know like what are the pros of carbs like carbs give you lots of energy and um, what are the cons of carbs you know you can have these little you know, crashes from having a spike of energy and then feeling really low after it uh, but again so it's not saying that one is better one is uh, one is right and one is wrong everyone has different body types so we live in loads of different environments you're the gut bacteria of people who live in India are completely different from the people who live in uh, South America. The, how they respond to carbohydrates and how to respond to uh, meat and different foods and different bacteria and different sugars and all that sort of stuff um, is very, very, very different. And people are different. Nutrition is different in different places. And people absorb different nutrients differently as well. Like we're not all the same and I don't think it's right to expect everyone to be the same as well. So, um, Embrace then so challenge the food rules and then embrace all food without guilt or judgment. Um, so have your ice cream, don't feel guilty about it. If you want it, you want it, enjoy it. Decide to enjoy it, don't eat it with shame and guilt. Okay, and if you are eating it with shame and guilt, that's a big red flag. Like if you if you are eating your ice cream, like oh, I feel so bad about this, it's a big red flag. You should be looking at that and being like, Why? Why do I feel shame? Why do I feel guilty about it? Um, number one, because there's probably a should or a shouldn't uh, behind that. I should be eating something healthier or I shouldn't um, be eating this right now. And then that's like, a why are if you should be doing it, why aren't you? So what's the reason? Uh, I really want it. It's really tasty. Well, why do you feel like you want to sacrifice your goal for this taste right now? Because maybe you're a little bit stressed. You want to feel better. That's usually what it is. You just want to feel a little bit better and it makes you feel a little bit better. And I think acting like food doesn't make you feel better is only going to make you or it's only going to reinforce that unconscious behavior denial exactly it's not just a river in egypt um so yeah embrace all foods without guilt or judgment uh, and just be aware that if you do feel guilty or you do feel like you're judging or even judging other people as well so like if i remember when i was doing a uh, low carb before you start like judge you're sort of like oh you're gonna have all that carbs that like it's it's weird it's weird the way you get put into into those little mindsets so yeah don't but even even people. even even you know we can judge in the positive as well it's like you know just like judging people like into oh like oh so and so would never do so and so you know is perfect it's like how do you know it's like who made you the judge you know it's like who made you the person who says what's good and what's bad it's like and this is where we're coming it's like like you know challenge it it's like you know it's like maybe they're not they'd find out dig a little bit like maybe the best of the best are eating sugar maybe the best of the best have a cheat meal it's like do you actually know are you actually informed do you have objective things like a ob objectiveness i find is very 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 important as well because we can get lost into subjectives like again how it makes us feel how this how that it's like listen it's like you like like we talked about this like you can have pizza like there's people out there who are making pizza work for them it's like and have you seen the have you seen the abjj world champion what's his name I forget, he's a young fella. He's a really young fella. Yes, I do know exactly what you're talking about. I think he does OMAD. Is it? Yeah, he, he does He does one meal a day, and he basically eats, like, pizza and pasta at, like, 9 o'clock at night. But again, like, his calories all work out in the end, but it's like, yeah, it's like, listen, it's working for me. I'm not sure what his physique is like, though. Uh, he's very, he's lean. He's, like, 
Yeah, he's a skinny wee bean again because it's not a very high protein diet, and is is yeah, is sport it's sport specific. Well, very... no, that's I'm saying. No, he's a. I'm not. That's I'm saying. I'm not saying he isn't a good performer. Top I'm just saying it's like in terms of because this is the difference. It's like you know, it's like are we talking about physique? Are we talking about performance? Are we talking about health? It's like what are we talking? It's like there's layers to what your 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 food is doing. And again, an awful lot of that comes back to is like listen. You could be eating for health when we talk about orthorexia and be very mentally unhealthy because there's no enjoyment in it for you. Like, and so, like, you know, overall picture, not very healthy. Whereas this kid is like, listen, you know, in terms of his ambitions, it, like, and again, let, like, now I don't know actually what he eats, but let's say for talk's sake, he only eats pizza and pasta. Like, there's lots of nutrients that he's missing out on. It's like, but in terms of overall life fulfillment, and po- like positive mental health, it's like, does that outweigh the fact that he hasn't got enough vitamin fucking K? Like, in terms of his overall well being, probably could he just take a supplement and you know still be a a, ch- a world champion? You know, still have great energy, and then also you know go through a back door in order to get you know whatever things that he's lacking. You know, a super green and the thing. If he wants to be well rounded, it's like, but it's like you know. Is it working for him? Is it good enough? Is he healthy? Is he happy? You know, it's like, there's lots of different layers to it. It's like, whereas somebody who's, you know, really fucking obsessed with getting every single micronutrient, like, before they even try to become a world champion, like, this will never work. There's no point in even trying. So Jesus, it's like, well, listen, well, let's challenge that belief a little bit. Like, let's, let's give it a go. You know, it's like, he doesn't, eat bre- he doesn't eat fucking breakfast, lunch, or snacks. He just eats... Oh man, it's like another thing that kind of bends the rules a little bit. It's like, listen, maybe it'll work. Oh no, 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 you need constant supply of energy if you're an athlete. Let's see. Yeah. You know? Well, and again, maybe that, and again, like to what you said, maybe that'll only work for him. You know, exactly. like, you know. Everyone's an individual, and the, the goal here is to not do what everyone else is doing. It's just to find out what works for you. And what works for you is it doesn't cause you too much stress. Although it can be stressful in the beginning to learn new foods and to try and like impose some sort of structure where there was no structure before, like that can be stressful. Um, but it shouldn't stress you overall in the long term. And uh, you should be enjoying your meals or feel satisfied from your meals. Like it, after it, if you had it and you can say, I, I don't feel overly full, I'm satisfied from it, I don't really want to eat anymore and it was tasty, well, then you're good. You're good to go. And then you're filled with energy for the for the rest of the day or for sorry, what what was that list again? Was nutritious part of that? Um was nutritious part of that. I don't think I said nutritious, but it should be. Yeah, because I feel I feel like obviously like again, that's like that's like a big crux of it too, is like you're supposed to be doing all this while trying to get some and but, ideally a fair amount of vitamins but, and minerals in too. Yeah, but right, usually if you are satisfied from it and you know how you feel after it, it will probably be nutritious as well. So like where, like if you feel satisfied from a meal, so if you have let's say just steak on its own, okay, there's you'll feel like it, it, I challenge anyone to do this or just have chicken on its own or have some sort of protein just on its own, and you eat it, there'll be like a you'll feel like a certain sort of lack of like oomph from it. Although you'll feel full and you'll feel nice, and if you've just carbs, you know you won't get that sort of fullness, but you'll you'll get what you were lacking when you had just the protein. Jimmy, and when you don't have any vegetables or minerals or micronutrients or anything like that there at it, you'll feel like some sort of a lack from it. But when you get like all three and you get fat in there as well, um, so the meal is way more satisfying than if you're just eating one macronutrient on its own. Mm. 
So uh, listening, and this is one of the reasons, one of the pros, so one of the pros for intuitive eating is that you, know, you recognize how it makes you feel and you make adjustments based off that. So if you felt like you still wanted a little bit more carbs, you needed a little bit more carbs because you did a heavy leg day that day or whatever, you know, like, so I'll have a little bit more. It's not, not the end of the world. So, um, and then after that, experiment with permission-based eating. What do you think that means? So that's a, that's a good fucking question. I'm not sure. I don't really understand the context. Permission, okay, so, like allow, giving yourself permission to, to eat certain foods? Yeah, exactly. So it's okay to have your ice cream. It's okay to have your pizza. Give yourself permission to enjoy yourself. Okay. And then actually enjoy it. And then when you have that permission to do it and you know that you can whenever you really want, well, then the impulse sort of will die down just a little bit. Mm. Yeah, again, back back to the conversation about denial. It's like if you start, like, again, like I've got two very young kids. And one thing I'm very, very aware of is hard nose on negative behavior. It's like some things can just be ignored. You know, it's like if, if, if I see Mason or Zach playing with something that they shouldn't be playing with, I'll kind of like watch them very carefully. And then when they put it down, I'll just kind of try and remove it. And so I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. It's like, well, actually, what I, what I really did was I highlighted it to you. And so then that's, that's very, very, very um, tantalizing to, to a toddler. Um, because or your like, inner oh, rebel or your inner toddler. Or you're, yeah, 100%. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's just yeah. like the best thing to do is, you know, and again, some things need addressed. It's like, hey, don't do that. It's dangerous. It's like, really, really dangerous. Please stay away from that. But again, if it's not dangerous, if it's just something that's not really desired, it's like, listen, let's just let's set up the environment in such a way that, you know, we kind of try and limit and remove most of those things. But also, we're not trying to highlight things that they might try and get go out of their way to get. Um, and also, yeah, like the other thing about it is like if, if like if we were to tell the kids, like, you know, you're not like one thing I'll do, like for toxic is if Mason um, wants some sweets or something like that, it's like I'll give him a small amount Um I might initially you know, try and give it, just give him a better offer. Not even a better offer, just a different offer for something that's more nutritious. Like, again, if he wants something, I'm like, oh, are you hungry? Would you like this? And if he says no, um, you know, it's like I might, I might give him a couple of sweets or something like that. But then, you know, like maybe like an hour later, he might have something I'm like, oh, yes, you can have this and this. And then I'll give him both. And he doesn't really feel like the banana is, like if I go, oh, you can have this if you eat the banana first. You might go, well, I don't want the banana. That's not what I wanted. Whereas if you offer both, you're like, oh, hey, you can have these. It's like, oh, what a, what a lovely pairing. A muffin and a banana. You know, as opposed to just saying no to one and yes to the other. It's like, listen, yeah, you can you can have both here and neither of them are bad. And hopefully we don't um, then, what, 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 what would that, we, we don't segregate the banana or the fruit or the, the why, vegetable. Why, why are you doing that with them? What do you mean? Like, why why are you um, being cautious around that? Or because I, I don't... Are you being cautious? So just, um, why are you being cautious about hard nose? And why are you giving him the option to choose for himself? Because I want him to naturally have a good relationship with food. I, want, I, don't, I don't want him to have, like, ex- extremes or to be afraid of ever, anything or to, you know, not be able to 
I suppose I suppose early on what it is is I just don't like I know that sweets are hyper palatable and I know it's gonna take no effort at all to get him to eat sweets, obviously. You know, it's like shit food is not hard work at all for young kids. Simple carbohydrates are not hard at all, really. It's like but foods that are generally not hyper palatable could easily then be excluded because he won't recognize that he's hungry, he won't recognize or he won't be hungry. He won't be. He won't notice that he's malnourished. It's like because, but he knows that he can get energy and food, and the instinct to eat is going to be satisfied. But he could easily do that without getting any kind of quality nutrition. And I don't want to create an environment where, like, we're denying him what he is now aware of in preference of food that maybe isn't as palatable. Whereas it's all just kind of included together and obviously again in the favor of you know better options it's like you know we like we don't really try and keep too much shit in the house i, I seen a, a great um idea the other day it's like listen like i, I generally would mason asked me for most stuff i'll just tell him yes it's like you can literally have whatever you want because hopefully most of the stuff in the house is good for you so it's like we're like yeah hey, you want a banana yes no problem you want um a strawberry yes no problem it's like what you want some dinner yes all right you want some potatoes no problem you know, it's like you want you want a you want a, a muffin, right? Cool, have that as well. You know what I mean? It's like you can have whatever you want. In 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 the situation that we've set up, most things that you have are going to be, be nourishing anyway. And again, some things are just nourishing for the soul. You know, some things are just nice to have. It's nice to have a treat. You know, yeah. um, it's it's one thing I've really noticed about you know grandparents and even myself, like especially me, I'm with them all the time. Um, but it's like people love to treat kids. Like they just want to get. Oh, I want to be responsible for you just having a little nice nicety in your life. And you know, it's like we tend to want to do that for ourselves and can kind of get carried away from. You know, you know, it's like is like this just because we want to have nice things in our life? It's like, or is or are we having a good, well-rounded, balanced diet? And well, you're trying those, to give you're trying to give the kids like a really nice experience as well like how much joy like if you give if if you give mason like let's say his favorite ice cream whatever it is and he eats it like yeah like how does that make you feel makes me feel great and that's insane that's what i was going to say like uh, you find that people can kind of just get dulled into just doing that the whole time and that's not good for the kid you know but again we do it to ourselves all the time another takeaway but 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 sometimes i notice that it dampens on the kids like they like it, the it, it's not a, it, it gets to a point where it's not a treat anymore it's mm. expected it's expected yeah. and the same kind of response isn't there anymore because they're used to it yeah and then Whereas it becomes we, a thing where it's like if i don't get it i'm upset now rather than yeah 100 yeah. percent. and so again and i think now, with just you know i think this the reason i asked that is i think this is perfectly analogous to what we're talking about with you know um eating food without guilt uh, like just that you the reason why i think you're doing it is because you want them to be able to eat intuitively and to not have these um like hard no's or hard yeses on a uh, different kinds of foods and i think it's the right approach and i think if people try and treat this, themselves the same way you're treating mason you know you can have this and you can have this you know, it's your choice you get to have both um i think it's a it's a really good way of making sure that you're not eating um well, like anxiety or compulsively or you're not going to develop any shoulds or shouldn'ts or this is good or this is bad in interest in, we've about three minutes Chris, and we have to wrap this up but interestingly enough something that's a very very like something i'm very conscious now with zach as well is 
again avoiding contact with those hyper palatable foods where possible because once you kind of set that standard it's like it's kind of it's kind of there and then also the frequency as well like for example when um zach was born like mason to be fair was very 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 good with food like extremely good with food he tried it and all this kind of stuff and then i got really sick of covid like fucking like i was out of commission for like six weeks like i was done and chloe had a section so she was something similar and so we were trying to deal with mason and a newborn and an awful lot of it was coming through convenience and generally convenience food are very hyper palatable and it took us about six months to roll it back to a normal level because once he kind of got the taste for it it was very very hard to go back to that nice normal level of where like oh no this like this is a treat oh like this is fine this is a treat this is what normal is because it became where normal was hyper palatable for a long time and it was a very 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 hard cycle to break because he's a fucking toddler <laughs> you know and so it's like he doesn't have the maturity you can't you couldn't really reason with him you know what i mean and just like what feels good what doesn't what feels good what doesn't and if it doesn't feel good we're probably gonna lose our shit a little bit yeah um, and also, and also, we don't have unlimited resources now in terms of time and attention because we have to give it. Like I'm working full time. Chloe was working, you know, semi full time at the time and full time with the newborn. And so, you know, it's like it's very, very hard. But I, I just wanted, I just want to use that as an example because, as I said, it's like once you reach that point where that's what you're used to and that's what's normal. And this is kind of why I like fast. Is like that reset is super important and Zach still has never had that and unless we you know have another emergency like me get going down and Chloe going down it's like that will never happen with Zach it will be a gradual kind of thing but like we Chloe Mason was essentially living with Chloe's mom and she was giving him treats and then I was seeing him and I give him a treat and then you know again there was the convenience thing on top of that and so it was a very very complicated situation like and again nobody was just fucking neglecting them but it was just like listen sometimes these things happen in life and you get into these situations and some of you guys also, possibly also listen like, as the parent or as the adult and you meet the kid or whatever you like you want the you don't you want the kid to think you're cool you want like i feel like people yeah. look for a little bit of a um, i don't know like validation or something like that to to like get the kids to like them so like with the losers will come up with treats or whatever it is they'll be like hey yeah, of course here's a chocolate bar oh uncle chris brings chocolate Where's Uncle Chris? Joe likes uh, silly yeah. stuff like that. I think um, Joe Nana's do it. I think uncles do it. I think aunties do it. Joe, and it's uh, great. It's great. But yeah. because we were, because we didn't have control in our own home and then that was happening regularly as well as normal, it was a very, like, like we basically killed a lot of momentum with Mason, whereas we were doing so well. And again, like, thank God we've got it back. But like, it takes a long time to kind of, fine-tune what normal is especially if you aren't very emotionally developed as mason wasn't he was a toddler and some people are toddlers in lots of ways like aren't we all like we all have kind of these un what, what would say you know underdeveloped aspects of ourselves even though we're you know we're absolutely kicking ass in this area of life you know we can still be neglected and maybe have work to do in this this area and nutrition is generally one of them and the point that i suppose i was trying to make um as well as the points that I already made, was that some of you guys, me, I know I was there, it's like, maybe that's where you were landed when you were younger, maybe that's why you're the way that you are now, is because, you know, it's like, you were just kind of thrown into this hyper-palatable situation, and nobody had any control, or any ability to kind of help you navigate your way out of that, 
by introducing certain foods, by again not highlighting these these extremes. And so, you know, it's like the very, 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 you know, chemical habitual thing that's happening. It's like, listen, these you're just reactions going off in your brain. And if there's the reaction strong enough, the pull is strong enough, the automatic behavior is generally going to follow and it's not without implications. There's going to be some serious fucking, you know, mental health issues that are associated with, you know, your maybe your energy levels, maybe your where your health's at, maybe your your self-esteem by how you look, you know, maybe, you know, just, again, just shame and poor... Um, poor beliefs around food that you know would be better other ways you know and so you kind of know it but you, you don't really have the skills to practice exactly yeah that's really for that's a that's a bad place to be in it's a frustrating sad place to be in but on that note you've got a class to me uh, i've got some work to do guys it was an absolute pleasure we got through uh principle three next week we will be challenging the food police in principle number four peace